Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are doing well. I love to hang out with you here and I love the end of the month episodes because since last March, I have used these end of the month episodes to share highlights and nuggets from a chapter or two from my book, Raising Amazing, Bringing Up Kids Who Love God, Like Their Family, and Do the Dishes Without Being Asked. And we are getting near the end of the book. In fact, next month will bring us to the very end of Raising Amazing. And so I hope you've enjoyed this journey over the past year. If you've missed any episodes, just go back through wherever you listen to the podcast. Look for the end of the month and you will find um, highlights and nuggets from each chapter of the book and These always come with a free download, a printable of some kind over in show notes, and you can find all the show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. All right. Now, this is a little extra special this week because as this episode airs, we will have just celebrated... Raising Amazing's first birthday. That's right. Last week was the one-year birthday since Raising Amazing was released. And it's been such a great year. Thank you all so much for just helping spread the word about the book, for your ratings and reviews over on Amazon, for doing book studies, and for telling your friends about the book, for buying it as gifts for people. Just thank you for all of your support. It really means the world to me. Now, before we dive into today's topic, I am super excited to share some news with you, news that I know a lot of you have been waiting for, and that is that next Monday, March 4th, we will be opening the doors to my character training course for a one-week opening. That means you have one week to get in there, get the course, and then you have lifetime access to everything in there and everything I add over time. Now, many of you have heard of the character training course. Some of you missed the opening last fall, and you've been asking, when can you get in there? Well, I'm so happy to get to share this with you. Now, if you're not familiar with the course, please go over to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. You can see everything that's in there. But this course is for parents of kids, whether you have toddlers through teenagers. This is the course that will equip you to raise character-rich kids. Now, the story began if you read my book, Boy Mom or Raising Amazing. I talk in both books about character and my heart for character, but I share how when my older boys hit their teenage years, 
it occurred to me that all those things I taught them when they were young were not going to be enough to get them through the teenage years, that we were facing new challenges, a new season. And I had to really dig in deep and do some research and Thankfully, the Lord provided, and I found some ways to train them in character, to inspire them in this area of character that really changed their lives and our family dynamics. And here's the thing with character. Yes, we want our kids to have character because it pleases the Lord. Yes, it makes our family life so much better. But also, character is the key to everything we hope for for our kids, from the kind of jobs they'll get one day to the kind of marriage they'll have. If they're in sports, all of the things they do benefit from excellent character. And yet, I don't think I need to tell you, our world does not celebrate character. It is not teaching character. So it's really up to us as their parents to teach and nurture and encourage and inspire character. And I have done the work for you. I have gathered the resources. I have great interviews, so many helpful downloads, prayers, lots of lists of books and movies and all the things that are going to help you raise kids of character. And I've loved hearing it from families all over the world who have been blessed by taking the character training course. And so I want you to have the chance to be one of them. So again, go over to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course, check out what's in there. And hopefully next week, if you're not already in there, you can become a part of it. I'm so excited for you. Okay. So really excited about that clearly. And now we get to dive in and talk about chapters 12 and 13 from Raising Amazing. Hold on tight. We're just going to touch on things here and I'm going to trust you to get your hands on your own copy of the book or maybe listen to it on Audible because we're not going to cover everything, but we're certainly going to touch on a few things that I think will be practical, helpful, and inspiring. Now, I decided to group these two chapters together because I think they're very much related. Chapter 12 is called How They Spend Their Days, and it's about navigating school, sports, hobbies, and free time. I know that's a lot, but really it's about zooming out and considering how do your kids spend their days? Because as I quote Annie Dillard at the beginning, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. So this is a really fun one to kind of ponder, and I'm excited to unpack that in a moment. But then the next chapter we will cover, which I know a lot of you are really interested in, we all need help with, and that is all of the screens, talking about technology in our kids' lives. Because no doubt, how our kids spend their days, well, oftentimes they're spending their days on a lot of screens, right? Uh, sometimes they're doing school on screens. Uh, they might play video games. As they get older, they might be on social media. They're probably texting people. They're, these screens are so much a part of our days. So let's talk about how our kids spend their days. And that is going to have a lot to do with screens. So how can we live with screens in a healthy way? How can we keep screens in their proper place? Well, that's what we're going to get to today, but let's start by touching on chapter 12. I'm going to read to you from the opening as I like to do. This is how it goes. As my oldest sons have launched into greater independence, one of the many and sometimes tear-filled realizations I've had is how valuable and fleeting the ordinary days are. My heart aches a little trying to remember what it was like to wake up with little boys in their sippy cups and curious George on a weekday morning or sitting at a dinner table with two kids in braces. I want to better remember listening to each of them struggle through their first I-can-read-it books or watching them awkwardly kick a soccer ball, sometimes into their own goal. I have plenty of photos of the highlights, birthday parties, and Christmas mornings, but not many of the more typical daily scenes of kids hunkered over a pile of Legos or eating another bowl of Cheerios in their blue-striped PJs. I am grateful I can still see them in my memory. 
But now that most of my boys are grown, I can adapt Annie Dillard's observation. How they spent their young days pretty well sums up how they spent their childhood as a whole. They're not so much a product of the big peak moments, but of the everyday rituals. The dependable, though not at all fancy meals and chores and rules and routines and books and baths and bedtime prayers. These are the things that have shaped their lives and were part of the story that traveled with them to college and will go with them beyond. So if I were to sit with you over coffee, I would encourage you to take a deep breath, whatever stage your kids are in, and consider the ordinary days. I would tell you that while God's grace is abundant and I'm thankful I have few big regrets, if I could go back and do it again, pausing to wipe tears, I imagine dripping into my coffee but are actually falling onto my keyboard, I would have soaked more in the daily things. I would have made choices based less on what I thought I needed to do and more on what would bring the boys most joy and wonder. I'd plan my son's days less around what other moms are doing, I can be a victim of FOMO, and more around the things that light my boys up. I probably would trade some home project expenses for a few more family adventures. We'd eat more dinners on a blanket in the yard, and I would definitely lean in to listen to more of their rambling stories and not just pretend to. There is no doubt parents, okay, especially us moms, have a tendency to reminisce and get sentimental like this. It's a bittersweet pastime I catch myself doing more each year. But there's a reason I mention these reflections here. I want to remind all of us who still have kids to raise to consider these things while we're still in the raising. We have this opportunity to make choices, choices to do the big and small things that will one day be the lifetime memories. So that's the opening. And then I go into a section about the early years. And I'm going to let you find that on your own, but really talking about how we as parents make a lot of choices for our kids when they're young, which will one day be the memories they look back on. So I think that section offers some good food for thought about those early years. But then I go into a section about school. And I think you'll agree when you look back to your childhood that school does um, play a big role in our life. Where we go to school, the friends we have, our teachers, how that plays out is a really big part of our memories when we look back to our youth. And Interestingly, little side story here, this section when I was writing about school was where my next book really was born. Uh, I tell the story in my next book, Becoming Homeschoolers, about how I was writing this section about school and I was uh, doing some research and then I was doing the math myself to realize that kids spend a total of at least 14,000 hours in a traditional school setting during their growing up years and how that's more time than they will spend anywhere else during their waking hours, including at home. And as I was chewing on all of that information and then reflecting on my own kids and the amount of time we had together because we homeschooled, that I started to get really passionate and, and I started to write and write. And this chapter got a little extra long. And when I turned it in, my editor got back to me and was like, you know, we're going to cut most of that, but save it for a future book about homeschooling. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's it. I want to write a book about homeschooling. And so really that is where my next book was born. And so I know some of you who might share my heart for homeschooling 
understand what I'm talking about there. And if anyone else heard that and it kind of piques your interest about homeschooling, well, May 7th will be the release of Becoming Homeschoolers. And um, actually, the beginning of April will be a launch team which will get early access to the book. So if that gets you excited, then stay tuned because very soon I will be announcing a launch team and everyone will get early access and it'll be really, really fun. But all of that to say, school's a big deal. And though I don't go into all of that, it all got cut by my editor. In this section, I do talk about school and I think it is really important, whatever kind of school your kids go to, that you're you're thinking about it, that you are intentional, that you are considering the influences, that you are coaching them and as involved as possible in their school experience. And I know a lot of you are doing a great job with that, but it isn't easy, um, but it's a big part of their childhood. And in the next section here of this chapter, I talk about sports and how sports can be a really big part of our kids' growing up experience. If you know me at all, you know I love sports. I grew up doing sports, and my husband and I both really make you know, physical activity, whether they're competitive or not, just sports in general, a big part of our kids' life. And I'm so glad for that. And there's so many good reasons to get kids involved in sports. I mean, for one, any kind of physical activity or exercise is just healthy. We all need it. It's good for us. And I think it's a great discipline to teach kids early on. Um, But then also sports are going to really help kids develop character qualities, um, hard work ethic, um, teamwork, Uh, respecting authority in their coaches. There's many things, and I actually go through and list a number of character qualities that are developed through sports here, and I think it's important to think about. And again, that kind of points to the character training course, which also brings up sports many times, but sports are a great part of a kid's childhood, and yet, I also acknowledge here, there are some downsides to certain competitive sports, team sports. And so you want to consider the pros and cons as you're making decisions about which, if any, sports your kids are going to do. Um, Recently, if you missed it, my husband and I were on a run with our dog and we were talking about sports and some specific things about raising competitive athletes. And we recorded ourselves just chatting about that and we shared it on Instagram and we just got so many comments. And obviously people um, are interested. This is a big topic that affects a lot of you. So I'll link to that uh, video in the show notes because it definitely brought up a lot of great conversation and my husband really enjoyed it. And he's like, let's do more of those. So if you like talking sports, stay tuned, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Monica Swanson underscore, and we'll try to have some more sports chats ahead. Hey friends. Well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. 
Hey guys, if you are a homeschool family or thinking about homeschooling, I have my son Jonah here to share some of the features of one of our family's very favorite curriculums. Well, I'm Jonah Swanson. I'm Monica's son, and I'm currently studying engineering at Westmont College in my fourth year. And looking back on my experience before college, I was profoundly impacted by Shorman Math. Dr. Shorman is an amazing teacher who personally impacted me a lot in my own journey. He teaches Algebra 1 and 2 and every concept that you need for the important college entrance exams. It has a biblical and historical foundation, and it teaches a lot of the why behind math and learning math. Now, this is all based on John Saxon's teaching methods, and it's really, really powerful curriculum. I strongly encourage you to consider it. You can visit DiveIntoMath.com. That's DiveIntoMath.com. And your family can get started using Shorman Math. I highly encourage you to check it out. It was very helpful for me and hopefully for you too. And then lastly, here in this chapter, I do talk about all the other extracurriculars, though I do think all kids should be active and, you know, get exercise. Some kids won't love sports. Maybe they won't want to be a competitive athlete, but they might love band or theater or art or anything else. So extracurriculars are huge and they can really give our kids a, a beautiful childhood. There, There's so often unique things that a, a kid might discover when they're young or at some point in their growing up years that really begins to shape who they are and lead to a great future, whether it's in college or into their adult years. Even things that they may not pursue professionally or, you know, do in college, but just can be a, a great part of their life for the rest of their life. I think of my son Jonah and how we gave him a guitar when he turned 13. And to this day, he's going to graduate from college this year, but he carries his guitar around I shouldn't say he carries it around. He doesn't carry it everywhere. But when he travels, he brings it with him. He loves guitar. It's just a really special part of his life. I think it's how he relaxes, he worships. So I'm so glad that that's been a part of his life. So that kind of brings us to the end of the chapter on how our kids spend their days. And again, the heart of this, what I I want you to take away from it is just in the busyness of life and how easy it is to just go through our days without a whole lot of thought It's a great idea to zoom out a little and to look at your kids and go, this is going to be what they remember as their childhood. And and I don't say that in a way to put pressure on. I acknowledge in this chapter, God is sovereign. He's got so much worked out that we don't need to stress about, but we also do get to play a role in that. And we might be, um, I told my husband the other day, I was like, Levi is not cultured. We have not taken him to theater. We haven't introduced him to like many museums. There's a lot more we could do. I recently interviewed Sally Clarkson and that'll come out later in the spring, but it kind of made me feel convicted that we could be doing a lot better with just bringing more culture into our son Levi's life and all of our boys really. But uh, so let's all be thoughtful about the things we're doing with our kids. And what's the one thing we know our kids are doing? Well, most of us would say our kids are spending a lot of time on screens. And that brings us to chapter 13, all of the screens. And I think this is a really important thing to think about when we think about how our kids spend their days. Are they gonna grow up and look back on their childhood and remember staring at a device? or playing video games during all their free time? Are they going to remember mom and dad staring at a device? Well, because this is 
kind of the topic of this generation. We need to talk about it and we need to be intentional about it. So I opened this chapter with a quote that I think is really important and I'm going to include it over in the show notes, but this is by Andy Crouch and he says, it is absolutely completely possible to make different choices about technology from the default settings of the world around us. It is possible to love and use all kinds of technology, but still make radical choices to prevent technology from taking over our lives. I think that's really important. I think it's hope-filled. I think it's encouraging. And again, I will share it over in show notes. But I know I don't need to tell any of you that this is an important issue and one worthy of our thought and consideration. And yet I say here that, that God doesn't make mistakes. He knew we would face this. He, he knew that he was putting us in a time in the world and to, as parents to raise up kids and that we would be able to handle it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that it's simple. I think it is hard. And I think that we can rise up and take on this challenge and do it well. So um, one analogy I share here, I have a section actually called care for a smoke. (laughs) And what I'm doing is I'm just talking about how there was a time where People smoked, like everybody smoked. Doctors smoked. There, I found ads for cigarettes that had a pregnant woman talking about like how she loved her cigarette during her pregnancy. Is that just disgusting now? Like we would never consider that now, but people didn't know back then how bad smoking was for them. And so I can't help but think in a different way, but just a serious way, are we going to look back on this generation and say, what did we do to our kids? Like, what did we do to their development or their brains or their socialization because we allowed them to be on screens so much? And again, I can't say it too much. I'm not here to shame anybody. We struggle with this. Like many of you, I would say we are a work in progress, always trying to figure out how to do things better and, you know, always feeling a little bit frustrated with this situation. But what we don't know is what the implications are of this generation of kids who spend a lot of time on screens. Now, we do know a few things. I mean, research has come out. We know that kids who who spend a lot of time on screens have less social skills. They're less physically active. We know that kids who are on social media are less happy. People in general who spend time on social media are less happy when they come off of it than they were before they got on it. So there are things we know. And I think these are things that just should make us aware and intentional in our kids' use of screens and technology in general. And though we all wish there was a magic solution, a formula, something we could all follow, there there just isn't one. There's so many different factors. And this is going to be up to each individual family and each individual person probably. So what I've tried to do is just focus on creating that healthy relationship with technology. What does that look like? How can we find it? And an analogy I use, I love analogies, but I talk about another parenting challenge many of us are familiar with, and that is food battles, picky kids. Our fourth son has not loved vegetables, and that has been challenging for us. But I suggest we apply some of the ways we deal with those kind of things to how we deal with technology. 
I mean, if we let our kids choose what they ate from an early age, you would probably agree with me, most of the time they wouldn't have a very healthy diet. So we don't expect our kids to like the boundaries we set, but we know enough about health and nutrition, or hopefully we do, that we we at least keep trying. We keep setting those boundaries and we parent through it even if it's hard. And I think those same principles can apply to kids and screen time and technology. Uh, Yes, screens are here to stay, but that doesn't mean we should throw up our hands and allow our kids a free-for-all akin to a diet of strictly Oreos, right? Which my son would love. So we parent. We parent well. And our kids aren't going to always like it. And especially if they're hanging out with friends who have very few rules when it comes to screens. So this is something that just requires a lot of intentionality and communication and love. And again, as we zoom out on our kids' days, we can just consider, are screens a central part of our kids' day? Is it like the main thing? Or are they falling into those extra parts of their day? There's a big difference there. Are they getting enough exercise? Are they studying? Are they reading? Are they doing their chores? Are they sleeping enough? Okay, if they're doing all that, then probably a little bit of time on screens isn't the biggest deal. And that's something you're going to figure out for each child uh, related to what they're doing in life, how they're doing in life, and you as a parent know best. So uh, with that, I do think some guidelines are going to be really helpful. And there are some guidelines that I recommend. And the first thing I say is a free download that I have for all of you. It's a contract. You can start with a technology contract, whether it's because your child gets a cell phone or you let them use an iPad or even the home computer, you can give them a contract where they are agreeing to your terms because these things aren't theirs, right? They belong to mom and dad. You are allowing them to use them. So having them sign a contract makes things so much easier, more objective. That way, if they break a rule, they have agreed that you can take this away from them. Uh, So anyway, contract is really helpful. Next, you've probably heard me say it before, but I am such a believer in filters. Um, We want to have filters on every device that our kids are on. There are plenty of different filters to choose from. I believe there's some free ones out there. We've used Covenant Eyes for years, and it's been really helpful. I'll be sure to link to that in show notes. We know that filters are not foolproof, Certainly there's a way around them where there's a will, there's a way. So if you have a child who's really bent on finding something online, they will probably be able to, if you're not staying real close to them and real tuned into what they're doing and having conversations, but filters are a great line of protection. And I'm just such a big believer in having them on all devices kids have access to. Another thing I suggest is having parental controls on every app. Don't let your kids get apps without your permission. And then of course, setting time limits. And and this is one I, I can't give you a number, can't tell you how much time, but I do encourage you to consider what you feel good about in light of your child's lifestyle, character, maturity level, everything else. Um, I do share in this chapter some of the guidelines that are put out by the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. So you can check those in the chapter, but really even that I'm going to say you figure out what you think is right and go with your gut on this one. Maybe talk to some trusted friends, people who you think are doing a good job and 
probably our kids need a lot less time on screens than we think they do. (laughs) Definitely less than they think they do, right? Um, And then setting regular routines and rhythms. And I quote Justin Whitmell Early, author of Habits of the Household, a number of times in this book, actually. I had him on my podcast and we were talking about screen time and he was sharing some of the rhythms and routines he and his wife use with their kids. And I was honestly a little bit busted when he talked about how it was actually mean when we parent with a screen time might be any time mentality. And I realized how often my son would come up to me and be like, oh, can I watch this? Can I look at that? And it kind of, my response had a lot to do with my either mood or what was going on in the home. Sometimes it would be yes, sometimes it would be no. So my son was like always in this state of maybe mom will say yes. And Justin suggested it's a lot healthier and more reasonable to our kids when we have set times that are okay and other times that aren't. And he talked about, you know, how their family has a regular movie night once a week. And if the kids come to them on Tuesday and say, oh, can we watch a movie? He's like, well, is it Friday? And if it's not Friday, then the answer is no. And how that helps kids know what to expect. And Ultimately, hopefully, they won't ask all the time. But if they do, you have this objective answer, and it's not based on your mood or what you're doing that day. Kind of holds us accountable as parents as well, right? We can't get lazy and just say, sure, go ahead, sure, go ahead. So setting routines and rhythms is just super helpful for family life. And um, I do touch on some specifics here. I talk about um, practical approaches to screen time, phones and tablets and video games and social media. And... I think this chapter is pretty packed, so I really do encourage you to dive in and read it because we can't cover everything here. But I think the most important thing is to come up with what your standards, your boundaries, your guidelines are and stick with them. Um, Choosing when to give your kids phones or tablets, not based on what their friends are doing, not based on their age, but how about looking at their maturity level? How trustworthy are they? Um, Do you think they're ready? Do you really want to open that can of worms? Like I've heard people say, the earlier you give them a phone or a device, the sooner you're going to have, it's going to give you more work because now you have to stay on top of it. So consider, are you ready to take on that responsibility or not? Of course, video games, you know, have, have their pros and cons and every family has to figure out where they fall on that. Not all video games are created equal, so I just encourage you to be really tuned in if your kids are playing games, knowing what they're playing, whether or not they can meet strangers in that game, making really wise choices. And I do have a great podcast interview with a free download that I think is really helpful if this is if video games are a topic for your family. I'll link to that in show notes. But um, the woman that I interviewed gave a really helpful guidelines for video games with a lot of things to think about. So look for that in show notes and then social media, whether or not your kids are ready for it. I gave some questions here that you can ask them to see if you think they are really ready for it when they say they are. And I think these conversations will be helpful to you and your kids. So a packed chapter. Uh, I hope it's encouraging to you. There's going to be a few different downloads over there in show notes. So grab those, print them out, use them. And um, I hope it's helpful and encouraging. And like I said, this isn't an easy topic, but it's an important one. And it's just part of the world we're raising our kids in. So let's do it well, right? And now before we close, I'm just going to say a brief prayer for all of you. If you want to join me, let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for every parent listening and the families that they represent, maybe some grandparents, maybe some teachers. God, thank you for uh, these people who care about kids and who want to give them the very best childhood possible and want to be intentional about how kids spend their time. Um, from from school to sports to friendships to screen time. God, we want to do a good job. So we pray for wisdom. We pray for discernment. We pray that you would help us to make good choices. And God, where we've where we've maybe not done so well, please give us grace. Forgive us. I know that there's things I could have done so much better. So thank you that you forgive us freely. Thank you that you died on the cross to pay for all of our sins and that you forgive us and that you can cover so many of our mistakes, that you can still come in and help our kids grow up well. So help us to have conversations we might need to have if we've um, made some choices we regret and we need to talk to our kids about that. Please give us grace to handle that well and protect our kids' hearts. We pray that they're protected from online dangers, from things that could lead them down dark paths. God, protect their eyes and their ears and their hearts and um, just help us to navigate all of this as well as we can. So we thank you, Lord, that you You've given us these kids. Thank you for the privilege and responsibility of parenting them. And I just pray great blessings on everyone listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, friends, so grateful for you. Thanks for going along on this ride with me through all these chapters of Raising Amazing. Um, Next month will be the final, final chapter, and I can't wait to share it with you. So just want to thank you for being a part of this podcast community. And don't forget to grab all the free goodies and find links to everything we talked about over in show notes, which today can be found at monicaswanson.com forward slash raising dash amazing dash 12. All right. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.